Martha Stewart here. As a devoted pet parent and culinary expert, I ensure my cats and dogs are fed the finest nutrition. My premium pet food features air-dried protein inclusion, whole fruits and vegetables, and never any fillers. Martha Stewart pet food formulas make it so easy to satisfy the dietary needs and taste preferences of your pets. Now all six delicious formulas are 50% off. And there's convenient home delivery on Chewy.com. No more lugging heavy bags and your pets will thrive on the optimal nutrition and great taste. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're not living in memory lane. We are going forward. It's all about the next. It is. We're only getting started, Martha. That's right. Running a successful business takes a lot. Lots of concentration, lots of hard work, lots of sleepless nights, and lots of friends. You need great ideas, you need dedication, you need enthusiasm, and a team you really trust. One person who has been on my team from the early days is Susan Magrino. Susan and I began working together in the early 80s to promote my books. In 1992, Susan started her own public relations agency, which is now known as Magrino PR, 30 years later. The agency is considered one of the top PR firms in the country. Susan has even been called the queen of public relations. Susan is vibrant. She is organized. She is thorough. She's well-informed. She's inquisitive. And on top of it all, she is lots of fun and a very good friend. It's a pleasure to welcome the woman I call my business partner, travel companion, and most importantly, my dear friend to my podcast. Welcome, Susan. Thank you, Martha. And we rarely sit down in a formal attitude like this to to talk uh, about you 
because you are always representing me. And I'm always feeling, oh, wow, Susan's always promoting me. She's doing this. She's doing that. And now I get a chance to turn the tables and promote you, who I admire greatly for your business acumen, for your professionalism, for your authenticity. And nobody can talk as fast and as well and has such a good memory as Susan Magrino. You were very young when you started your career, Susan. Where do you think that drive to start your own business came at such an early age? Well, uh, I think that I grew up always knowing that I wanted to work. I mean, there there was just no question about it. And I think that's what's so... That's what has driven me for my entire career. I was also very fortunate to start at a time in New York City where, I mean, it, it, it's cliche, but the world was truly your oyster. And I also think at that point in your life, I mean, backing up a moment, when I arrived in New York in the 1980s, it was a terrific time. And, you know, Wall Street was raging. Um, You know, formality was in. People would wear, you know, ball gowns to Park Avenue dinner parties. Uh, Your entertaining book, which was published in 1982, uh, really defined a lot of that kind of entertaining that, along with Glorious Food, those were the two books that I think uh, really defined what New York was about, certainly in food and entertaining at that time. And I also think that, you know, when when you went to work then, there was just no question about where you were going. I mean, and it, and it was only going to be up. It was never, well, I'll do this for a little while and maybe I'll do that. I mean, that never crossed my mind. Well, you um, grew up in Orange, New Jersey. West Orange, West New Jersey. Orange, New Jersey. I grew up in Nutley, New Jersey. So we're sort of like uh, relatives that way. But uh, then you went away to college. You went to Skidmore College up in uh, New York Saratoga State, Springs. Saratoga. So what was your first job right out of college? My first job right out of college was at Tiffany and Company. It and- was. Um, I was in the special projects department up on one of those top floors there, and I didn't have any sales experience. What I truly wanted to do was go and work for a magazine. And even though I was an English major, at that moment, I I just could not get a job in a magazine. So I read the New York Times classifieds, as we all did, and I saw an ad for Tiffany and Company. And I remember I said to my father, you know, what do you think of that? And he said, you can't go wrong at Tiffany. So off I went to Tiffany and Company, and those were in the days when it was still owned by Walter Hoving um, and uh, run by him. And I was in this department that made the Super Bowl and corporate gifts. And it was very interesting to see silver, which I had always loved, and how those types of things were made. I worked there probably for about... I don't know, maybe a year, maybe under a year. They used to have these great sample sales. <laughs> I remember I still have an obelisk and some wonderful Elsa Peretti yellow ceramic bowls, which I, I treasure to this day. And I met someone who knew someone in book publishing. And that's really when my career truly began. Because in, in college, you studied history and uh, and you like to read. Yes. Uh, it's uh, It's been obvious throughout your career and your work with me, that reading is very, very important, which I think was was engendered. Was that in your family? Were you all readers? 
I, I think my parents, uh, absolutely, they were intellectuals. Uh, they met at Oxford in a summer program. My mother has a PhD, um, uh, Henry James. She's a Henry James scholar. My father was an attorney. So I, I think that the written word, uh, we always had a summer reading list. We always had a job chart. You know, they, they, everybody, you know, again, Martha, I think we share that commonality in um the way we were raised, and I don't think people remember, everybody was raised in a very, very similar fashion well, we for a very raised, long time. We were raised to um, realize the value of good work and of success and uh, of monetary success also. We worked, we worked for, for money, and we worked for a career. And uh, nowadays, it's just like a little more haphazard than that, I think. You were in publishing. So what did you do? Who, which company? Were so you? I, I began at Crown Publishing, and my boss was Nancy Cahan. And at that time, Crown had the best publicity department in book publishing. Um, we published coffee table books, lifestyle books, Judith Krantz's books, Gene Owl's books. And then there was our wonderful imprint, Clarkson Potter, where your books were published. Uh, that's a very, very and famous. And are still published. Uh, at, correct. And, and are still that published. Is, um, it, that is 40 years later. Yes. That they're still being published by Clarkson Potter, which is quite extraordinary. How would you describe the business environment at that time in terms of publishing? Oh, it was lively. It was exciting. It was the making of bestsellers. It was the making of, uh, you know, John Grisham and Deepak Chopra and, you know, The Silver Palette, Martha Stewart, Lee Bailey, Dominic Dunn. It was just wonderful. And I think what was so terrific for me in the environment at Crown was um, they believed in publicity and we believed in book tours. I mean, we've had so many wonderful trips, Martha, and and I did with others where, you, you know, you, you'd go out for two weeks. Um, I, I, I think the only people that do that now are probably, you know, rock and roll bands. But in those days, we went into every city. We had a book signing. We did all of the media. We had uh, amazing food. And there were people in each city that dealt with the visiting authors. Yes. And their publicists. And they took such good care of us. Yes. I mean, it was really a, a real fantastic time. It really and was. And every store wanted you. And so if I wrote a book about entertaining. They would want me at Bloomingdale's. They'd want me at Saks. They'd want me at Bergdorf Goodman. They'd want me everywhere. Well, I think what you just said is is the definition of why you really began in lifestyle. Because before that, people were really just going to bookstores, which was fine. But then I remember B. Altman. You know, I remember Bloomingdale's. I remember uh, all of these wonderful stores. And then it became uh, Sur La Table. And, you know, it was cooking stores. It was gardening stores. It was fashion. Um, when I think of all the book signings that you've done, and then, you know, Home Depot, and very, very uh, interesting uh, to look back and think about that now. Well, we did begin working in 1983. So uh, that is almost 40 years ago, even though we did meet, I think, a little bit before that, because um, did you come to the first entertaining party? I, I did not. not. I started on quick cook menus, and I... Gave you a very famous photo album, which we have here, where I recounted the history and, and meeting you and all of the wonderful um, early parts of the uh, relationship in terms of 
press clippings. But you really got to know your clients. You really, yes. you really paid attention to what we were doing uh, on these trips. We we ate every meal together. We uh, we drove in the same car together. We talked about what we were going to wear together. And it was really kind of fun. And we, it was like traveling with the, um, I was, it was traveling with you. It was like traveling with my little sister. And, uh, and yet we got a lot done and you were so organized from day one, you had your list of what had to be accomplished and you made sure you accomplished it. And that work ethic still exists. I mean, you are incredibly organized and I think your staff, how big is your staff now? You started, she started, Susan started her own business in which year? 19, 1992, 92, uh, with how many people? It really was me in the beginning, and then Alan, my sister, uh, who's the president of the agency, was still working at her other job, but, you know, starting to help a bit, and then obviously became uh, full-time. But I remember those early days, Martha. You named the agency. I said, what should I call it? You said, use your name. You took me to meet with investors. We sat in Mort Zuckerman's office. The best thing that you have done for me and for everybody around you is encouragement. You came and you started here and you went up there yes. if you were talented and if you showed real interest. And so many young people showed real interest. And, and, I, and I like the like-mindedness of a, of a group of people working together that, that really care about uh, promotion. They care about uh, real product. They care about all of that. And you saw that right away. You really did. And not just in books, but you started to started to represent me. As soon as you started your own company, yes. you started to represent every, everything I did, which I thought was, I was like, was I one of your very first yes, clients? You yes, you are client 1A <laughs> to this day, our longest client. And who else? Who else have you represented uh, over the years? Well, um, the first clients of uh, the Susan Macrino agency, Martha Stewart, Crown Publishing, and I always maintained a very, very good relationship with them and, and got to continue working with writers such as Dominic Dunn, uh, Lee Bailey, Mark Lehner, Tammy Janowitz for many, many years. Uh, Frederick Fakai, who you introduced me to when he was at... Yes, uh, and, yes. And you did so much good work with him. Wonderful good work. And with we're him. still all friends. Yes. Um, and well, what about Chris Blackwell? Chris Blackwell, Island uh, who, Records. Island Records, where yeah. he was beginning to get into the hotel business in Miami Beach as well as in Jamaica his home country. And I learned so much about hospitality. It is our largest uh, division today. And to think back that it really began on Island Outpost and uh, a hotel on Miami Beach, uh, the Marlin, which we oh. quickly got on the cover of uh, Condé Nast Traveler. So that and, was really I remember important. we used to stay there at yes, that hotel. We stayed we there. We loved that hotel. That was South Beach right in the beginning, which was great to be part of that. Uh, so I think, Harper's Bazaar. I think um, what you did early on was you realized that um, your friends could be your clients. Your clients could also introduce you to other clients really rapidly. Uh, those other clients uh, embraced the work you did and introduced you to other aspects of their companies even. I mean, you grew your business really rapidly, I think. Is it people that attract you or is it the product? Is it the the, you, you do beverages now, you do travel, you do publishing, you do fashion. You, you've done a, an awful lot of different categories. 
I think those are my interests. And I think really our client roster grew out of, you know, much of it had to do, I had a liberal arts education and then getting into book publishing where we publish things, you know, from cooking to novels to books on everything. And I think that developed an expertise. Um, But I I love the people. Um, I'm interested in everything. You know, if I go to the supermarket, it's interesting to go in and get things that you might not have come in for uh, or or a department store or whatever it is and to think about that. So I, I think that that curiosity is what has really, really shaped it. I've been very fortunate to have uh, wonderful clients and friends and people who have introduced me and people who've trusted us and, and allowed us to go into different aspects of their business. And, and you know, I might add it, you don't do it alone. Uh, you know, as the business grew over the years, I've had amazing people that we have worked with and certainly my sister, Alan Magrino, um, and others that I remain friendly with until this day. And we've also spawned other agencies, people who have gone out and started um, their own practices. So I'm very proud of that. I, I think I remember a couple of years ago, um, you know, when, when Google uh, hired somebody away from us, I, I took that as a great compliment. And I feel that that's even more gratifying to me now to watch people go off and do things um, as gratifying as it is to watch what our clients can do. Martha Stewart here. As a devoted pet parent and culinary expert, I ensure my cats and dogs are fed the finest nutrition. My premium pet food features air-dried protein inclusion, whole fruits and vegetables, and never any fillers. Martha Stewart pet food formulas make it so easy to satisfy the dietary needs and taste preferences of your pets. Now all six delicious formulas are 50% off. And there's convenient home delivery on Chewy.com. No more lugging heavy bags and your pets will thrive on the optimal nutrition and great taste. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress 
Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Susan, let's get into some of your very fabulous hobbies. Because Susan, did you start collecting stuff or fashion first? Which was your first? Well, I think that, you know, all of the tag sailing and things like that really did start with you. Um, you know, the Fire King and 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 things like that. Um, I've always loved clothing. My mother was always dressed, is always dressed. Um I remember having her original Calvin Kleins and, you know, I would dress up in high school, not, not, you know, too much. But then when I came to New York, remember it was the 1980s. I remember being on a book tour with you with a red suit with shoulder pads and gold buttons and a belt and a skirt. So I always really, really enjoyed clothing. And I think because I was single for a long time and I was always working and dressed up. I, I really developed an interest and had the time to go shopping. So I think, the, I mean, I was looking at my closet the other day. You know, I'm, I've been fortunate because I really, I bought at a very good time. I've kept everything. I really enjoy it. I really believe in being dressed up. I know things have become much more casual, but I, I have fun with it. And um, and you can watch and you can watch Susan uh, on a regular basis on her Instagram, emerging from the door. Beautiful photographs of Susan with identifiable uh, clothing. Everything from the shoes to the bags to the jewelry to the dress to the pants. Everything identified on the Instagram picture. And you, uh, you've you sort of built a really interesting following on that because people don't do that normally. And it's really very, very interesting. So, And that you remember everything, too. Do you have everything cataloged? I try to have clothing in the sections of designer. I really do think by designer. The jewelry, I have a drawer of, you know, the gold costume necklaces. Um, 
I have rings, you know, I mean, it, but it's cataloged for me in my mind. I think the hard thing is when you move around and you really, you really have to keep track of things. But I, I, you know, what I'm noticing is people love going out. Oh boy, do they love those pictures. They love black tie. Um, one of my favorite occasions as well. And I do have a lot of that. The going to work outfits, as long as they're colorful, they really like them. The, the more muted tones, unless it's lighter colors. But it's so interesting to see what people gravitate towards. And they really like the pictures even more than the text. And I, I do remember where everything came from. Every now and then I find something and I'm like, where did I get that? That's unusual for me because I really do know it. And I, you know, it's the and Susan Madeline. has haunts here and there and everywhere. Yes. And she sometimes shares them and not all the Oh, times. I will tell you, I'm hoping there are some estate sales when I leave here that I can find. So fashion is one thing and mm -hmm. handbags is another thing. You have wonderful, wonderful pocket books. Of, of, <laughs> yes, pocket books. Uh, you also, what impresses me too is your office. I, I haven't really mentioned that to you very much, but uh, the last time I was at your office, it was really a pleasant experience because you have consistently upgraded and upgraded your office to make it a more pleasant workplace for, for your employees. And you have long banquettes in the, that long hallway where people sit uh, with a table in front of them or they can just sit there and be casual, not at a desk. You have lots of artwork everywhere. And Susan has collected uh, vintage photographs, beautiful little vintage paintings. Um, it's not, it's not, you're not collecting Rothko's, but you're collecting period art that's so interesting that really um, shows your uh, collecting ability. Thank you. I, I really enjoy that. And I, it's very nice to have a place to put all of these things. The kitchen has some wonderful, large, large, floral, colorful portraits that are all out of Fairfield County in the 70s, where somebody was probably picking up a paintbrush for the first time that I got at our uh, St. Mark's Church in New Canaan at their fabulous May Fair. I have lots and lots of Rodman Pell, who is a painter. It was uh, He was part of the Pell family from Rhode Island. Uh, and Pell's Fish Market in Greenport. And he does lots and lots of sort of primitive kind of Grandma Moses-like landscapes. Um, some of them are in the snow. Some of them remind me of Philip Gustin as well. Uh, I have um, lots of photographs of the Bert Stern of, um, you know, Brigitte Bardot and um, Catherine Deneuve. And, now, do you um, buy those at auction or do you buy those online? What do you uh, find? No, I, I, most of my... Purchases are really, I, I've seen them myself or I met someone, I met somebody that had worked with Bert Stern, so I bought quite a few pieces uh, from her. But the other pieces, I just found two fabulous Vassarellis um, at an estate sale in uh, Long Island last summer. Um, I found are the- Are they original paintings? Uh, well, they're Vassarelli prints, oh. so they're, they're part of a series- and then, um, you know, I, I have to like it and connect with it. Uh, you've been to my home in Long Island, which is entirely um, paintings from that the Peconic Bay yeah. painters. And then I found a whole lot of paintings that my mother had done when my parents bought our house in Orient in the 60s. So I, you saw those when you visited us this summer. And what makes me really happy about Susan is that she's also not only collecting uh, fashion and art and vintage, but she's also becoming a gardener. 
And I really, I get, I get very excited when you call me up to ask me about a specific kind of lily that you should plant or a hydrangea. And, uh, and so, um, so you have, you haven't stopped really growing your, your interests uh, at all. And that's a very admirable trait too, especially during COVID when, when so many people sort of just sat back and didn't do too much, you kept going, going, going and building the brands that you represent. I wanted to talk a little bit about the brands that you have really had a huge impact on. Other than Martha Stewart, you've also developed and, and helped build the Chateau on Declan and Whispering Angel Rosé. I mean, it's so fantastic. Whispering Angel was a little known brand. It is now the mega brand in Rosé. Absolutely. And I think that that has so much to do, again, with the, the founder, Sasha Lachine. And I was introduced to him. Uh, I had met Paul Chevalier at a James Beard event, which was also a client of ours. And, you know, then I met Sasha and he was so much fun and so interested. And I think what was wonderful about him, he's uh, French, but he was raised in New York in the 1980s. So he understood the American market, which is really, really where the growth was for that brand and continues to be, uh, but but also globally. And I think that makes a big, big difference. I, what I love about my business is working with people that are a lot of fun. And I think that's what people need to remember. I mean, you can run a business, you can also have fun. Uh, when we launched the Michelin Guide, I mean, that was an amazing experience. Oh, it was. I remember. Remember oh, that in oh. New York? York. I mean, it was just huge, and and the 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 expert of it, and the secrecy of it, and the announcement. Um, you know, Alain Ducasse and Gordon Ramsay, and working with Liz Tilbaris uh, back when Harper's Bazaar was relaunched was just so much fun and so interesting about fashion and and meeting so many interesting people and Frederick through beauty and Laura Mercier and um, you know hotels and uh, well, you the, represent the Fontainebleau in in uh, my Miami, Miami Beach, a, a huge hotel. You have really, really helped that brand grow and grow over the years, and uh, you're so diligent at it. I, Susan does not go to Miami unless she stays at the Fontainebleau, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. We're working now with Omni, the brand of Omni, and many, many of their other locations, as well as restaurants. We've also got a brand called Main Street Hospitality, which includes the Red Lion Inn uh, in Massachusetts. Ah, and then they have— uh, One of my old hangouts when yes, I had my little house in, in Middlefield. Yes. Yeah. So it's great. And I think that's also what's interesting about our agency is that we have the ability to do large-scale brands and projects as well, and clients, as well as some of the smaller ones. And I think that's, you know, we love Scout Bags, uh, a, a brand that was based in Washington, D.C., that um, we're having lots of fun with and starting to get into some more customization there. Um, the Kipps Bay Showhouses, which uh, were in New York for many years and have expanded to Palm Beach as well as Dallas. Oh, and also some very, very uh, well-known and very uh, important charities that you work on. What Absolutely. are those? The New York Public Library, yes. which has a library alliance, Alzheimer's, Literacy Partners. And you've been such a good advocate for Literacy Partners. Yes. I've gone to lots of the readings where they bring in students uh, in their teens, who learned how to read as a result of the good work that Literacy Partners does. 
But all that work is really great, Susan, and I'm very proud that you do that work. And I'm also on the advisory board of Philip Johnson's Glass House in New Canaan, which I really enjoy. I One of the, the real treats and pleasures, as you know, with your board work and support, um, is being able to go over there on a Sunday in the height of our beautiful foliage <laughs> and walk through the house and all of the buildings and the property. And it was really, really special. And those are the, you know, pinch yourself moments of how, how great it is. Martha Stewart here. As a devoted pet parent and culinary expert, I ensure my cats and dogs are fed the finest nutrition. My premium pet food features air-dried protein inclusion, whole fruits and vegetables, and never any fillers. Martha Stewart pet food formulas make it so easy to satisfy the dietary needs and taste preferences of your pets. Now all six delicious formulas are 50% off. And there's convenient home delivery on Chewy.com. No more lugging heavy bags and your pets will thrive on the optimal nutrition and great taste. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms, And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. 
because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So this year, 2022, is sort of a a watershed year for a lot of businesses. Your business is going to be, it is 30 years 30 old. 30 on May 1. My uh, magazine celebrated its 30th birthday. It's a funny year. And and yet we are, we're getting more excited about the future, which is so nice to feel. Uh, what are the three biggest things that you've learned in 30 years in public relations? And how has PR changed? I like to say how it hasn't changed. It's interesting. I'm in the process of writing an essay for one of our industry magazines about this. Um, It has certainly changed an enormous amount. And if you haven't embraced uh, digital uh, work and uh, all of the things that you can do to reach people now, you won't be in business. You, you just can't. I remember a few years ago when people will say, well, I didn't do, I don't do email or I, I don't have a phone. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> well, now I mean, that's say, just silly to say something like I that. Know. I mean, you better be a master at TikTok and, and reels and, and then all of the other, um, you know, new, newer forms of communication. So I think that's, that's part of every single plan that we do. And in some cases, it's all that we do. Um, because so much has changed in print and, and the traditional ways of communicating, uh, we do have some clients and plans that are, you know, three quarters or, you know, 100% about entirely digital. Um, there are clients that absolutely need the bespoke uh, hand touch that we've always done. And I personally believe that part of it will never go away. I think how people behave is is hugely important. Um, I, I think nuance in the way you can read people can really tell you a lot about how people can connect to something, to a brand. And I think that piece is something that we're very good at and that nobody could ever discount. You have to still be, even in these times where I think people may have become more cautious. You must still be willing to take a risk. But you also have to know, I think that is what affords all of us who have been uh, perfecting their crafts for many, many years. There there are certain things that you just know what the outcome will be. (laughs) And you're smiling, Martha, and I'm smiling, and we know we're right about that. And you have to, you know, make those the right decisions on that. And they're, they're about business. They're about people. They're not always about news, but they're often about news. I think one thing I'm, I'm pretty good at is understanding a news cycle and knowing when something is absolutely going to blow up. I'm still amazed at how I guess I have a very good antenna for that where some people I'm like, are you kidding me? You you have got to shut that down over there in order to do this over mm-hmm. here. Or um, you know, and I and I think there are times where you you have to sit back and wait and be patient. So how would you describe the team that you have working with you now at the company? 
with the team that you had when, let's say, in the first five years? I think it's drastically different. Yes. I, I think a lot of that has to do with the business, the industry changing. I think the the commonality is the commitment. One of my favorite things is to go back and, and look at, um, you remember Michael Donoff and Alan, and um, in the early days, everybody had to do a memo for me of what they did that day. And these are delicious to read. <laughs> and amazingly, you keep them? oh, you bet. I'm the daughter of an attorney. I don't get rid of anything. And every now and then I'll pull them out. And I, I, I'll, I'll write to Michael, or I'll, I'll, I'll call Alan into my office, or I'll go into her office, and um, we, we just look at each other. We say, "Can you believe this? Can you believe how deeply indebted we were?" And, and we actually had the time to write everything down, but we weren't but we dealing weren't with computers doing, all day. We were talking right. to each other, and, and the phone sheets. And you weren't doing social media and looking at reels and looking at TikToks. But all you're day long. on the phone, and I look at my phone sheet often. Five, six pages long, 25 calls a sheet. Can you imagine that? And cell phones were, were, were just getting started. But um, so I, I think that it really is about, um, you know, we have a, a larger senior team now. Obviously, the agency is bigger. Um, and I think we have a, more of a variety of expertise where you've got people, you, you know, you know, we have people that are expert in food, expert in wine, expert in travel, expert in digital, but everybody's got to be expert in digital. Yes. Um, that That's not an option anymore. You you don't separate that. So it's integrated. What uh, top piece of advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneurial uh, person today? Because those are the kinds of people I think gravitate towards your kind of company. Mm-hmm. What, what's the advice? I think you have to always be willing to work hard. I mean, I think back of of probably the first year or so, really three hours a night of sleep, you know, going through every single media list myself and really knowing everything I was doing. That's hard to do and it's impossible to scale and you will burn out if you do that uh, because there's too much to be on top of now. I think that uh, the hard work piece is what remains. Um, You have to have trust in other people, um, you, you have to be able to rely on other people to help you. So I think you have to find people to work with that have that, you share the common vision um, and the work ethic. I think, um, you know, you have to be willing to to be patient. I know I'm going back to some of the same things, but I, I meet people and sometimes we'll have people call us and I think you don't need PR. You know, you need a CFO, you need some product, or you need a better idea. I'm, I'm always amazed. And maybe it's great for my industry for everybody to think, oh, yeah, now we need good PR. But in fact, you need to take a step back and realize, well, you know, what, what are you doing? Why should I care? And where are you going to go with it? And I think also when you have the great idea, and you know this because you've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs, they have to know when they have to bring the right people in. And we've certainly seen that with a lot of these tech founders and and IPOs and SPACs that were just incredible, but, you know, they imploded because they just, there was no management team. There was nobody to do what they didn't know how to do. Yes, those COOs and those CFOs. Yes. (laughs) We've known a few of them. Which are watching And you and I are still here, Martha. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Well, to learn more about Susan Magrino, Magrino PR Agency, 
visit the website for her agency, magrinopr.com. And to see the wonderful clothing and to keep up with all that she does, follow her on Instagram at susanmagrino7. Susan, thank you so much for coming by and wearing the shirt that I gave to you because we went shopping one day and we all fell in love with this same shirt. And Terry Blair also, um, when she comes on the podcast, I'm going to ask her to wear hers too. <laughs> and uh, so we'll have, Alex we'll Vanash. Yep, we're going to have to take a photograph of our of us with this beautiful denim with the big bow. Um, and shoulder pads, yes. which I love. Yeah. It's a, a lot of fun to talk to you, a lot of fun to go down memory lane. But what's really great about Susan Magrino, and I think about Martha Stewart, is that we're not living in memory lane. We are going forward. It's all about the next. It is. We're only getting started, Martha. That's right. Only getting started. Well, thank you. Th- thank you. And thank you for everything thank that you, you have done you. for me. And have a very nice Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Martha Stewart here. As a devoted pet parent and culinary expert, I ensure my cats and dogs are fed the finest nutrition. My premium pet food features air-dried protein inclusion, whole fruits and vegetables, and never any fillers. Martha Stewart pet food formulas make it so easy to satisfy the dietary needs and taste preferences of your pets. Now all six delicious formulas are 50% off. And there's convenient home delivery on Chewy.com. No more lugging heavy bags and your pets will thrive on the optimal nutrition and great taste. Psst, there's a shortcut to platinum status at Shell. To saving 10 cents per gallon on every fill every day. Just fill up six times with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline and it's yours. Plus, you'll rejuvenate your engine. Get ready to level up performance, rewards, and savings. With continuous use in gasoline direct injection engine fuel injectors, Platinum status is earned with 12 Phillips over three months, 10-gallon minimum per Phillip at participating Shell locations. Terms apply. Visit FuelRewards.com status. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.